these are your hosts, Grace and Kim. Hi. From the MISN CAP team. Welcome to the Real Women's Forum, where we discuss topics including, but not limited to, trust and relationships, sexual health, hygiene, racial issues, and misogyny. Recently, we have added subjects that pertain to youth and have created a section under our podcast named Adolescence with an X, where we will speak on topics that specifically relate to the youth in our community. Before we start, a small disclaimer, the Real Women's Forum does not issue any medical advice. Instead, the podcast serves as a safe and brave space for women and other members of the community to discuss, voice common concerns, and share their experiences. We encourage you to visit MISN's website to seek information on our specialized programs regarding health insurance, improving birth outcomes, and educating teens on the risks of being sexually active. For our listeners out there who may not know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and so for this podcast episode, we want to join the national movement to raise awareness about mental health. Today, we are here with Danu Sanesi from NAMI Orange, and together we will discuss the importance of mental health awareness, as well as the services offered by NAMI Orange for anyone with or for anyone who knows someone with a mental health condition. Welcome, Danu, and thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Again, my name is Danu Sanasi, and I've been in NAMI for like 30 years. I'm one of the board of directors at NAMI New York State and serve as the president of NAMI Orange County in New York as a volunteer. I oversee daily operations of NAMI Orange, including maintaining the website, actively getting involved with the outreach events, bringing mental health awareness among the general public. I'm also involved with several of the NAMI New York State committees as well. Our mission is like, you know, really helping out the families, helping the community to understand, providing advocacy, education, support, and public awareness so that all individuals and families affected by mental conditions can lead better lives. That's really amazing. Can you tell us what um, NAMI stands for? Yeah, NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. Yeah, I feel like NAMI has been around for a while and it has a big presence in the community. I was out in Poughkeepsie and I was just driving by like Spack and Kill and I saw that there was NAMI ribbons on trees and I was like, oh, NAMI was here. That's very cool. Also, thank you for the work that you do, Danu. From everything you just said, you play a lot of roles, you wear a lot of hats and, you know, it's a really amazing work that your organization is doing. So thank you for your work and your service and for just being dedicated to this cause. Yeah, 30 years, you said? 30 years. Amazing. Some of the services what we provide, again, NAMI Orange is a all-volunteer nonprofit organization. That means we do not have any paid staff. We all work from home. We have a little office, and we all uh, give our time as much, as much as we can. We are dedicated to supporting, educating, advocating for people with the mental conditions and their loved ones. And also... Uh, linking people to the services, what they need. And some of the programs what we have are support groups, the family support groups. It's a group for family members, caregivers, who have their loved ones with the mental health conditions. And then we have the connection recovery support group. It's a peer-led support group for the individuals living with the mental health conditions who need to talk to someone that understands, someone who has been in the similar situations those two are the support groups, and we have some courses also. One is the NAMI Family to Family, which is a free eight-session educational program for the families, caregivers, who wants to get involved in the caretaking of their loved ones. And NAMI Basics is, a, again, another program, another educational program, which is a free six-session education 
for the parents and family caregivers of children and teens with the mental health conditions. And we have another course called NAMI Homefront, which is also a six session education program for families and caregivers of military service members and the vets with the mental health conditions. So those are the, the educational courses. And some of the presentations, what we have is NAMI Ending the Silence. This is for the school uh, in-school presentations designed to teach middle and the high school students, the staff, and also the families of the students about the signs and symptoms of mental health conditions. And then we have a presentation called NAMI in Our Own Voice. It offers insight into hope and recovery possible for people experiencing mental health conditions. People with the lived experience lead a brief yet comprehensive and interactive presentation about mental health issues. And the last one, last presentation is about NAMI and campus. These are the student-run mental health organizations within the college campuses. They can form their own groups. They can bring out the mental health awareness. They can bring out the support for others. And this, all the programs and uh, all the courses, everything is listed on, on our website. The website is HTTPS namiorangeny.org and also we have the telephone helpline and our telephone helpline is 845-956-6264. Um, can you speak on some of the common mental health misconceptions or myths that contribute to stigma surrounding mental health? I know one of the ones that I've heard a lot are people with mental illnesses or mental health conditions, it signifies like a weak character. I know that's the one that I've heard a lot. Could you speak on that or other ones that you may have known that just help contribute to the stigma? Definitely, yes. Uh, the very first one I want to bring up is people think people with the mental health problems are violent and unpredictable. But in reality, people with severe mental illnesses are over 10 times more likely to be the victims of violent crime than the general population. Uh, only 4% of the people are attributable to the, you know, with the serious mental health conditions are attributable to the violence. The myth is mental health problems don't affect me. That's again, another myth. It can affect anybody, regardless of what race, what ethnicity they are. One in five people experience mental health issue in a given year. One in six young people experience major depressive episode. Uh, one in 20 Americans lived with a serious mental illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. This is another myth. Children don't experience mental health problems. Half of all mental health disorders show the first signs before a person turns 14 or starting 14 years old, and three quarters of the mental disorders begin by age 24. They may have, by age 24, they may have a diagnosable illness. And also there is a myth, people consider that it is a personality weakness or character flaws. People with the mental health problems can snap out of it if they try hard, that is a myth. In reality, mental health problems have nothing to do with being lazy or weak. And many people need help to get better and many factors contribute to mental health problems. That can include biological uh, factors such as genes, physical illness, injury, or brain chemistry life experiences such as trauma or the history of abuse, uh, family history of mental health problems, all those things can cause the mental condition, but it is, they cannot snap out of it. 
another myth is therapy and self help self help are a waste of time why bother when they can just take a pill the fact is treatment for mental problems varies depending on the individual and could could include medication therapy or both in 2020 only 20% of adults received any mental treatment in the past year which included 10% who received counseling or therapy from a professional friends and family can play a major role to get the treatment and services what their loved ones need and also there are some cultural beliefs the religious beliefs which also is a misconception sometimes when when a person has a mental health condition uh, people may think that th- that person may have done something very bad in his past life that's why he's pay- paying for it this in this life that is not true so these are some of the misconceptions thank you for taking the time to go through all of those i know um culturally i'm nigerian and so in our culture a lot of times it's believed that mental illness and mental health issues can be resolved by just your faith your faith in god whatever it is that you believe in by like taking the steps and like working on your relationship with god that that alone will kind of resolve any mental health issues but i think that it's important that we all know the resources that we have access to and i think that faith can be something that's super helpful for grounding you and for you know instilling hope and like purpose but there are actual physical steps that we can take and sometimes it's not as easy as just talking to someone or seeking therapy or having a support system like sometimes we do need to seek medical help and um have medications and things and that's something that of course you know faith can play a big role in changing your outlook but if there's a chemical imbalance something more has to be done right and so i would also like you to speak a bit on why mental health awareness is so important and why the work that your organization does is so important definitely yes mental health is a uh, a very important component to one's overall health and well-being and then we all know that mental illnesses are common one in five and they are treatable so why mental awareness is so important the biggest thing i can think of is to reduce stigma and discrimination negative stigma attached to mental health is far higher than the other diseases and then the mental health conditions are just like physical conditions they should be treated equally access to mental health services should be readily available with a sense of urgency especially when somebody is having the suicidal ideations and also it's important to bring the awareness to decriminalize people with the mental challenges divert them from jails and prisons towards the treatment equal employment opportunities and better housing options for the people with the mental conditions those living with the mental issues deserve care understanding compassion and pathways to hope healing and recovery and fulfillment. I think that awareness is important because going back to like the cultural beliefs, my sister has anxiety and something that happened within my family is just that my parents didn't really know about mental health conditions cuz culturally they don't really talk about mental health that often. And so I think that by bringing awareness and just talking and having these conversations, um not only will it help battle the stigma surrounding mental health but it also just normalizes just talking how you're doing like mentally and being able to have these conversations openly and just being comfortable with the fact that things happen in life and it doesn't mean that you're weak like you mentioned before no. that's not that's not true so i think that by having these conversations and just raising awareness overall that 
helps a lot. And that's okay not to be mentally okay. Like, I think that's a big thing, especially um, something for me that I've been wanting to stress this month is that, like, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not feel 100%, whether that's emotionally, mentally, physically. Like, it's okay not to be okay. And when you rely on your support system and seek support for that, that's when you're giving yourself the opportunity to thrive. Yeah, definitely. Um, Could you speak? I know we mentioned, like, one in five um, individuals will have a mental illness or a mental health condition in their lifetime, but how common is it among teens and young adults? Is it the same? Um... Yes, it is one in five, but during the pandemic, it went down to one in three. So young adults, they are particularly very vulnerable because they're still, you know, in their developmental stage. I mean, because they're still developing. So that is why they say one in five young people are affected by mental illness. That can affect any race, again, religion, or socioeconomic status. But it's very common among youth. And what are some of the services that teens and young adults can access if they feel that they might need help or they just want to reach out to someone for support? The first thing I would say is uh, if someone is really feeling really, you know, emotionally distressed or suicidal, they can call the National Suicide Hotline, which is 1-800-273-8255. And this number is going to change to 988 on July 16th. So it doesn't mean just people with uh, suicidal ideations, anyone going through emotional distress, they can call this number. And also referring to our website, uh, which is uh, again, HTTPS, NamiOrangeNY.org, we have the local resources for children and adolescents under Orange County Resources. Okay, everyone can take a look at that. And also I would suggest going to orangecountygov.com forward slash 714 forward slash resources for teens. They have lots of information for the adolescents and teens. And, And also when the young people are going through emotional thing, they can reach out to a trusted adult. Use the school resources, call the hotline, and there are also text lines. They can text anyone. Nobody is going to ask their name, their age, their address or anything. And I know we talked about the NAMI family to family and just having these open conversations and just recognizing and acknowledging that it's okay not to be okay. But how can friends and family members of people with mental health conditions support them? Family members can attend support groups. And they can attend the family-to-family classes. I mean, this is a 20 hours of free education for the caregivers. We also teach them communication skills, how to communicate with their loved ones, what kind of language to use, using the non-judgmental language. And also what helps the family members is attending the mental health webinars. Uh, So I can give uh, some of the names. NAMI.org is our national website. If they go to NAMI.org, they can get tons, tons and tons of resources. NAMINYS.org, which is a New York State website. And again, our website is NAMIORANGENY.org. So much of uh, information is there on our website too. And uh, the another what my favorite is uh, Mental Health America. Uh, they have excellent webinars, a lot of resources. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It sounds like the first step to take if you have a loved one or family member who you think might be struggling or who is struggling with mental health is education. Uh Learn as much as you can and just be someone who's there to support them and listen. Are there any additional steps that you think someone should take if they think a loved one might be struggling with their mental health? Yes. 
The number one, as you said, is education. Know the signs and symptoms of what their loved ones are going through. Attending NAMI family to family educational course, learn the communication skills, learn about their condition, what kind of signs they are noticing, recognizing the warning signs and of the mental illness before it gets too late. Being informed, knowing what to do can save lives. Seeking professional help early. Outcome is better with early intervention. Uh, and also knowing the laws, what kind of laws we have. Uh, for example, the HIPAA law, the privacy, uh, health privacy law that can prevent the mental professionals from sharing the sensitive information with the families. What can the families do when that's the case? And also the family members, they can show patience and also caring not to be judgmental uh, of their loved one's thoughts and actions, uh, not to disregard or challenge the person's feelings. Encourage them to talk with the mental health care providers or also with their primary care physicians if that they are comfortable with them. But supporting their loved ones, the families can do so many things uh, by understanding them, by encouraging them, by, you know, uh, by talking to them in a non-judgmental tone. That helps. Thank you. Well, those are all the questions we have for you today. Is there anything that you would like our listeners to know or something that you would just like to speak on before we close out? Definitely, you know, seeking immediate assistance when somebody is really going through the severe psychotic uh, symptoms, that really helps. And as I said, getting the help early is always better. Yeah, And this is exactly why we should all be educating ourselves because you don't, you never know who you can help, or maybe if you're someone who needs help and you just haven't seen the symptoms in yourself, just taking the time to read and educate yourself, maybe visit NAMI's website and learn more about what different mental illnesses look like and what the signs are and just know when it's time to ask for help, whether it's for yourself or for a family member, education is so, so important. Yes. Uh, I would also like to add as a family member, uh, how we approach when our uh, loved ones are showing the signs of a mental health. How, how do we approach? I mean, not asking them directly. I mean, like using the I statement instead of saying, hey, you are not feeling well today. Instead of saying that, they can say, I see you not, you know, feeling that great. I mean, how is there anything I can help? Is there anything I can, you know, using the I statements helps because it doesn't sound like you're, you're pointing your finger at them. Yeah. So, I mean, the family members, we are definitely educating themselves about the condition and also helping their loved ones, encouraging them, exposing them to the peer support. All those things are really valuable things for us uh, to help others. Well, thank you, Johnny, for taking the time to speak with us this afternoon and for giving us insight on um, misconceptions or surrounding mental illness, what we can do for ourselves as well as what we can do for our friends or family members who have a mental health condition. Um, it has all been enlightening. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. And if anyone listening is interested in being interviewed or knows anyone that might be interested in being interviewed for our podcast, please reach out to us via text or call at 845-248-3942. Thank you for listening. Bye.